Hey, everybody. I'm Jenny Stone, and you're listening to Season 8, Episode 2 of HR Rescue, Remote Work as the New Normal Post-Pandemic. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The HR Rescue podcast provides business owners, new HR professionals, and HR Department of One with solutions and guidance on some of the most common HR issues. You can find us at hr-rescue.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Now let's get into today's episode. The effects of the coronavirus will reverberate in the U.S. workplace for years, and there will never be a return to the pre-pandemic state of normal. Given the sweeping impact, it is not too early to start considering what the world of work will look like after the most immediate crisis has passed. For many employers, the biggest permanent change will be a more remote or entirely remote workforce. There are some key considerations to keep in mind as businesses move to a more distributed model. Fewer employees on site will likely mean less physical office space is needed. For this reason, companies should avoid getting locked into long-term leases and should not assume their requirements for physical workspaces will be the same as they were pre-pandemic. Employers should also read all contracts carefully, as a lot of standard boilerplate may be inapplicable or unacceptably risky now. Many companies did not have an emergency operations plan in place before COVID-19. When the immediate emergency passes, this should be rectified as soon as possible. Emergency ops plans must account for the safety of and effective communications with the entire workforce, including workers in other locations. A lot of workplaces that did not allow remote work or permitted it only in limited circumstances have been running fully remotely for several weeks or months now with no foreseeable end in sight. Indispensable in-person meetings have moved to video platforms and even in-person team bonding activities are taking place online. Employers need to understand that post-pandemic, many employees may prefer to keep their remote work arrangements. While some employees may crave a return to traditional structure of an in-person workday, others, perhaps the vast majority of them, may have grown accustomed to working from home and not having a daily commute. They may be less willing to return to previous arrangements, though they may be willing to come into the office occasionally. Employers that push back too hard on this point may lose good people. On the other hand, there may be a number of employees who are working adequately from home during exigent circumstances, but for whom this is not an optimal optimal long-term arrangement. An employee's home circumstances may make remote work challenging or the role itself may be better suited to an in-person team environment. So what does this mean for employers? Smart, well-tailored performance management strategies and processes will become more important than ever, particularly if large numbers of workers move to full or part-time remote arrangements. Employers need to consider how much autonomy to grant and how much checking in should be required. While this will likely vary even within a given workforce, um, employers should be really careful to follow all applicable anti-bias rules and avoid favoritism and preferential treatment. Similarly, while performance problems should always be carefully documented and addressed promptly, this is even more important when employees work away from a central location, both to arrest slides and performance before they become big problems and to make expectations clear. Inconsistent messaging, documentation, or expectations are a surefire way to encourage lawsuits. On the plus side, employers have a wider talent pool from which to pull when the workforce is more distributed. Employers looking to broaden their recruiting efforts must also consider how team management will work. Some companies group teams based on geography, even loosely, so that everyone is working more or less at the same time. Another option is to select a few core hours during the day when everyone's available for meetings and check-ins. 
unless the employees are willing to work during off hours. However, this strategy works only for teams that are no more than a few time zones apart. Perks and other issues must be considered in light of a more distributed and diverse post-coronavirus workforce. For example, does commuting benefit make sense if employees are no longer commuting? Is there a viable alternative to pizza Wednesdays for a global team? Should the dress code policy be updated? How does a team bond and gel when there are limited in-person get-togethers? What do volunteer and community involvement opportunities look like now? Are there cultural sensitivity issues that need to be considered? Shifting to a more distributed model changes a company's personality and identity in multiple ways that should not be underestimated. Additionally, employers with dispersed workers need to figure out how to maintain their company's unique brand and identity in order to attract and retain the best talent over the long haul. With staff spread out geographically, employers will need to be aware of any additional state and local laws related to paid leave, family leave, minimum wage, overtime, workers' compensation, and the use of independent contractors, and more. Employers are increasingly faced with the difficult choice of either trying to implement and effectively communicate benefits and policies that vary from location to location, or having a single across-the-board approach that may be overly burdensome or expensive. There is no one perfect answer here, so all the alternatives should be carefully considered and vetted by legal counsel. Employee training is necessarily taking place remotely during the COVID-19 crisis, but that will not be a case forever. While online training is cheaper and simpler, it may not be the best option all the time. Businesses need to weigh the costs against the benefits of bringing people together in person post-pandemic. Similarly, a distributed workforce may mean distributed mentor and mentee relationships. It's particularly important for remote workers to have dedicated mentors they can turn to and connect with on a regular basis, both for their own professional development and to feel integrated with the company as a whole. The issue of non-exempt employees working unauthorized overtime becomes more difficult to monitor when employees work remotely. For non-exempts, all time worked must generally be paid, even if that work is not authorized or is performed in direct contravention of specific instructions. Infractions can be subject to discipline, but the time must still be paid. The solution here is clear policies and training for both managers and employees on how and when work should be performed. Employees should not be encouraged to check in during off hours. While there are some exceptions for small amounts of time worked off the clock, known as de minimis rule, how much is too much is a slippery slope that's best to be avoided. It may also be helpful to have employees sign a written acknowledgement that they understand and will comply with the employer's policy prohibiting off-the-clock work. Similarly, on-call time must sometimes be paid depending on the specific circumstances. In general, the more restricted an employee's use of that time is while on-call, the more likely it is that the time must be paid. Companies looking to maintain more flexibility post-coronavirus may decide to make more use of independent contractors and gig workers. This can be a good strategy, but if an independent contractor is deemed to be a misclassified employee, employers can be on the hook for massive fines and penalties. And additionally, because this issue rarely affects just one employee, class actions are possible. In general, the more control an employer exerts over a person's work and the manner in which it's performed, the more likely it is that that person will be deemed an employee rather than an independent contractor. Specific laws vary by state. One red flag for employers everywhere to watch out for. If a former employee is shifted over to an independent contractor status, but is essentially doing the same work as before, it's extremely unlikely that they will be deemed to be a legitimate independent contractor.
The Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, and comparable state agencies require employers to provide safe workplaces. Good infection control practices are essential for keeping on-site workers safe as new COVID-19 outbreaks wax and wane and remote workers should be included in the corporate training and communications relating to infection control. Additionally, sound ergonomic practices are perennially important for home-based workers, most of whom will not be using standard equipment in workstations and setups. OSHA's guidance on home-based work sites is minimal and has not been updated in nearly two decades. Nevertheless, employers should educate home-based workers about sound ergonomic practices. Ergonomically friendly equipment, such as sit-stand desks, that is provided to on-site employees should also be provided to home-based workers to the extent practical. Employers must be careful to follow applicable laws and regulations on paid leave. This is true for both on-site and remote workers. It's important for employers to remember both during and after the pandemic that state and federal anti-bias laws continue to apply. Employers cannot single out applicants or employees on the basis of race, national origin, sex, or other protected characteristic. This is even true if uh, the policy, such as hypothetically requiring all employees over the age of 60 to work remotely, is meant to be proactive rather than a punitive measure. There will be no return to the previous normal for U.S. workplaces. Expect a new normal. Remote work will become more widespread and more in demand. Distributed workforces present new opportunities and challenges when it comes to recruiting, talent development and retention, and legal compliance. In-person training and events will still have a role in the post-COVID world, even for remote workers. Flexibility and contingency planning are more important than ever. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of HR Rescue. Thank you to our podcast content contributors, the expert HR editorial team. You can find more information about Expert HR at www.experthr.com. Again, that's www.experthr.com. The opinions expressed in this program do not represent legal advice, nor should they necessarily be taken as the views of HR Shield or its employees.